and welcome to another episode of Meet Me in the Middle. My name is Alexander Fadley. Xander also. Whoa. Full, full name this time. No I'm middle. I, 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 I still value my... I'm sorry. I, I over-talked your, your intro. What's your name again? My name is Hunter York. Okay, it's okay, buddy. It's okay. It's okay. We got it. I, we got a clean take. That was a clean take. I could drop that in anywhere. Clean. We'll make a voicemail and drop that one in. For Ooh, who? Sweet. I don't know. I don't know who's going to use that voicemail. Uh, you'd be surprised. I, I would be surprised. I would be surprised. Anybody? Absolutely. Used I would. It. I would be surprised if someone else used Hunter York as their voicemail. Uh, that caused a lot of well, confusion. Hey. Maybe another Hunter York's out there listening right now, and he needs a voicemail. Odds are, there's probably another Hunter York. I don't know. Probably is. I don't know if there's another Alexander Fadley out there. Fadley's not a common last name. There's got to be. There's got to be one. There's a dead one. I visited oh. his grave in, in uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. That's not really how that is talk grim. That is real grim. Yeah, there's a picture of me sprawled out across it. It's a pretty big headstone, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm myself dead across the the gravestone of Alexander Fadley. Hey, keeping it classy. I like it. You know, it's a good to, a good dose of mortality keeps you honest. That's what I'm saying. It would have been real awkward if like his widow came up and was like, "What are you doing?" It would be really He's awkward. Like, oh, he, no worries. I'm Xander. It, it would be very, very awkward because he died in like 1830. So I, it would, it would be a ghost. Be but a hey, ghost. I think we just wrote the plot to like one of those thriller movies or whatever. Those really <laughs> bad horror channels. We just writ, wrote a script. It's not right even there. thriller. It's chiller. It's going to be on chiller. Chiller. Sorry. Chiller. No free plugs. No, to be fair, I think Thriller is also a channel, but they make thriller movies, whereas Chiller makes the bad horror movies. Now we'll actually get more into horror movies. Some of them weren't horrible. We will. What? What was that? I said some of them weren't horrible. No, no, but they were definitely low quality. Um, Well, yes, but we'll get more into horror. That'll agree. We'll get more into horror next week. Uh, we're going to do a review of Haunting of Bly House, if Hunter finishes it by then. Yeah, I'll finish it by then. I'm like episode three. There's only nine, so it's really not that long. I know. I'm moving along. I'm it's not only say, nine hours of my life. I'm not going to say anything about it, because I don't want to spoil any of it. Good. Good. I'm not say anything. I have, I have my opinions. I have my opinions, as you might surmise from previous listening, uh, but I will keep them to myself for now. Well, I really liked uh, Hill House, which was the first one. Haunting, Great series. Haunting of Hill House, if it had ended two episodes before it did, or maybe even one episode before it did, it'd be like up in the 90s as far as like how good it was. But that last episode, man, that's a, there was a bad one. That had a really bad, yeah, left a sour a taste in the mouth. Definitely dropped it down into low 80s, high 70s, probably. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I thought the last episode did not do the entire series justice. Because, I mean, I was hooked, you know, and yeah. I, I'm hooked on this one, too, uh, Bly Manor. So I, I'm happy about it so far. But no, that's a review for another time. It's another time. We've got reviews coming up later in the episode for more video game based stuff. 
Yeah, but, dude, uh, we're, we're basically video game pod now. Hey, I'm fine with it. I do do that a lot of the time. Video games, I mean. I would be very good at a video game review if I played anything other than, like, three games. That'd be, you know, that that's that's the one thing that really inhibits a good review, I think. Not ever playing a game. Well, I can give my, you know, seven years too late GTA Five review. That's well, you know, they they, they release stuff all the time for GTA Five. So you know, every 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 couple of months, there's something new on GTA Online. So you could just review the new stuff when it comes out. Yeah, but I don't want to be like conformist. Also, I, I don't think know. I don't think anybody wants to hear about the new car that they released on GTA Five. Oh. How dare you? How dare you say that? Somebody could be out there right now listening. Then there are nobody because I said I don't think anybody. So therefore there are nobody. You heard me right, possible one listener. You're a that's, nobody. That's pretty tough to hear. I gotta tell I you. only want the real ones to listen to this pod. The real oh, no. ones. Oh no. <laughs> And the one viewer clicked off. Now, At this so point, I don't even know what I'm talking about. If you couldn't tell. Hey, I can't even tell what you're talking about, which is always good. Well, let's get into something that we do know a little do know a little bit about. And that's watching soccer. Hey, foot, I can watch soccer. Or football. As Boot. everyone else in the world calls it. A little bit of footy. Do, do Australians call it football? They do, don't they? Because they're a British part of former British Empire, so they call it football, right? Yeah, they call it football, but then they also throw another lump into it, and they're also like, "Hey, we've also got our own football, and Aussie, we've got American football." Aussie rules football is fun to watch. I'll, I and I At think like it should 2 be on more. I, I think it should be on more. I think it's fun to watch. Those guys kill each other all the time. It's like even more full contact rugby. rugby. Oh, yeah. I mean, I like how we've somehow segued from soccer to Australia, and we're both like, dude, yeah, Aussie Roos football's great. I, we, we can't – well, we said that we were going to segue to something that we knew something about, so we can't talk about Aussie Roos football anymore. Yeah, we don't know much about it. I just like watching some six-foot guy from, you know, Queens just get jacked up by some New Zealander. Yeah, and then the, the, the referees with their fingers. The finger oh, yeah, gun, go. The finger gun points. <laughs> It's good. It's two. And you're like, yes. Three. Yes. And you know what? It works. It works. It doesn't have to make sense if it works. And it works. It works. Anyways, soccer happened today. EPL. Uh, Hunter and I both watched the, the, I guess you would call it the highlight game of the day. Just because of the time slot. There were some earlier matches that were much more interesting for sure. Uh, but this was Man City versus Arsenal. Correct. At City. So we are at the Etihad, the empty head. For real, because... For no real this time, there. actually. For, for, no one's allowed there. You know, I, it, was, it was one of the first first matches that I've watched at, at such an enclosed stadium. And you, the, the cavernous echo on all of their talking on the, on the field is, is, is funny. It's, it sounds very silly out there because it's well, like I, I always enjoy when the commentators hear someone curse extremely loud and they just go apologies to our views at home it's like you know thank you thank you 
as an American, I've never heard anyone curse before. That's right. We never we never question those the, when we're listening to like some courtside audio at an NBA game, and then it just goes silent for like three seconds. We're like, oh, <laughs> wonder what happened there. What's going on? No why, why the audio cut out? No way I can read. Uh, no, no way I'm going to be able to read uh, Dwight Howard's lips right there. That doesn't look like any sort of recognizable words. It's like, I wonder what he's saying. Is the volume okay? See, oh, no. Okay, never mind. He was just cussing out the ref. Now, it may seem like we're trying to not talk about the game. That's because we've already talked about the game. There's nothing to it. You guys scored... And it was it was truly a very boring match. It was very it was plodding and uninteresting. And I looked at my phone twice as much as I did the screen the whole time. Yeah, it it felt like a chess match, you know, where because you know obviously Mikel Arteta was Pep's assistant at City before he took over at Arsenal, and it and. I think it's kind of funny because the the person that Raheem Sterling gives a lot of credit to for him being able to score now, which, you know, if yeah. you watched him in his first couple of years at City, could not finish. Three seasons ago, he would have skied his goal that he had today. Yeah, he his finishing has improved 20 times over. And it's him scoring against Arsenal felt good. And then it just it was weird the rest of the time. Yeah, it, and really you could feel uh, you could really feel that City was missing De Bruyne. I mean, De Bruyne was out for this match, and he does leave a a a noticeable hole in in the center of that midfield because Stones still had some good uh, not that Stones uh, uh, Foden still had some good play on both sides because he did uh, after. Gundwan came in, he kind of switched over to the, the left side. He had some good forward motion, but there was no one to fill that central role of kind of surveying the pitch and distributing the ball into open spaces. Right, and I think that's been a concern of City fans, like myself, for a while. Um, we knew the importance of David Silva. Um, it, it almost feels reminiscent of... When company left, you know, there was this giant hole last year in center back. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we had Laporte, but it's like John Stones isn't getting it done. Who was also out for today, Amrick. Right, well, yeah, we're not really missing much there. But, uh, and, and that's how it is with KDB. Whenever De Bruyne is hurt, it's like, wow, he really is that important. Like, he, you really appreciate how good at a attacking playmaker he is and when he is not on the field. And it's not to take anything away from City. They're still a quality squad. But when you're missing like one of the top 10 players in the world, especially in his position, I mean, you're probably talking top five in his position, uh, if not I less. would argue he's the best. I'm just – I'm hedging my bets. Yeah, I'm going to say he's probably the best, but, but you know, let's put in some room for, for, for opinion. Uh, I don't. Ha- I will. You don't have to. You can say he's the best, because I mean you're obviously going to say he's the best. Uh, he is the best. He, he is very very good. Um, but the the he does take City up that other notch from from where they are a very good squad who's playing very good against Arsenal very evenly, 
But with De Bruyne, they, they hit that upper echelon of, of team quality where you're like, oh, yeah, this is a top three team. And there, in the game today, you were like, well, this is a match between somewhere between eighth and fifth. You know, it, it didn't feel like it was a top tier team clash. Right. And I think City needed the three points today after what was a really weird weekend uh, two weekends ago um, where Liverpool United lost and then City drew Leeds. It was a really weird weekend where it was like, it, you know, it, it didn't feel real because it was like Aston Villa just beat Liverpool by five goals. Um, so I think the international break came at a good time for City too because there was not really a preseason um, this year. So it, it's been a different adjustment for the guys because they've really played like 10 months of soccer or fo- football, you know, in a row, mm-hmm. you know, and then they had two months of doing absolutely nothing or three months with coronavirus. And then it was, you know, straight into finish this season, Champions League. We'll give you a two-week break. Mm-hmm. And then you're back again. So it's like there really was not that normal rest to then to build up, then to play. It was mm-hmm. like, here, you're dead tired, go. Oh, here's two weeks of doing nothing. And now go full force again. Yeah, you're, I mean that's that's got to be tough after you've got years of routine. Their preseason tour was the end of last season. <laughs> right, our, our preseason tour was the Champions League, like that, like, and we lost, so it was like it was over pretty quickly. Right, but and then we've got don't we have the World Cup coming up next month? No, no, next year. Oh, it's next, next two year. years. I thought 2022. Boy, 2022. Okay. And then we got 2026 here in the US of A. Oh, Olympic. The Olympic tournament was supposed to happen this summer, but those got pushed back to next year if they happen. Yeah, it's going to be weird. It will be weird because then we'll only have three years between summer Olympics. It's throwing everything into chaos. The Rona. But he, I mean, the, the team right now I'm most surprised at, just briefly, since we're in EPL, I mean, Everton, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, we kind of figured because Carlo Ancelotti is a world-class manager, and when Everton landed him, you went, wow, that seems too good to be true. And then it was like he brought in James Rodriguez for like, Less than twenty million, um, and I mean, I know he hasn't done a ton in the last few years, but I mean, you and I watched nearly every match of the twenty fourteen World Cup together, mm-hmm. and James Rodriguez was a player of the tournament, and mm-hmm. I think he's starting to show some of that now. Everton, um, I'm not saying it'll be like a Leicester situation. I don't think they'll win at all. But I would not be surprised to see Everton really push for like a top four spot this year if they keep it up. You know, it, I mean, we've seen Stranger 
case in point, uh, 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 oh golly, you just said their name from a Leicester. Couple years ago. Leicester City from a couple years ago, going all the way. And now where are they? Are they still? They're still in the prem. Yeah, they're actually doing pretty well this year. Yeah, they're they're in fourth right now. I mean, it's it's, it's been so a, early. At it's that so point, early, like, and it's yeah, been don't really care. And it's been a weird beginning. Yeah, like as the current stable stable table stands, I mean United's in fifteenth. You know, that's not gonna stay. City's not gonna stay in tenth. So I mean just so much of it's just And my wolves aren't gonna stay in fourteenth. I think that we are pretty safe in saying that the relegated teams have probably already shown themselves. Uh yeah. I, I mean Poor Fulham. I mean, this is like the third, no, the second time that they, I mean, they've spent just so much money and it has not paid off. I mean, the last time they were in the Premier League, they spent like $100 million on a new squad and then went straight down. So I don't know what it is at Fulham. It's like they just can't get it together with their transfers, but. Um, yeah, I don't see Fulham staying up. Probably don't see Sheffield United or Burnley staying up. It's either going to – yeah, and then um, West Bromwich is, is – I mean, they, they pulled out a draw. So, you know, it'll be interesting. It'll be a fight between those four teams to see who actually goes down. Yeah, and i, I got to say I've been surprised with uh, Crystal Palace because I, I picked them, you know, I mean – not in any kind of official way, but I, I kind of tabbed them to be the one to go down. Uh, I didn't think they had given Wolford Zaha really enough around him, but, you know, Palace is just one of those teams that figures a way to stick around a lot longer than you really want them to. Because mm-hmm. you're like, I mean, you hate saying it, but you're like, my gosh, those are some of the ugliest kits I've ever seen this year. I mean, it is horrendous looking. Have you seen them? I'm pulling them up right now. Oh, my word. I mean, their home in a way have like the same design, and they're hideous. I mean, they're not nearly as bad as Wolves' third kit. Sorry, buddy. But Come on. their Wolves' away kit. Uh, yeah, their like third, third, third kit's kit. good. It's the red. Yeah, I mean, you guys are Portugal FC. Yeah. That's I mean, who you are. Sure. Just give us Cristiano. Hey, just wait till he's like forty. Then sure, all for it. You're talking about these these ones with the the panels, or not panels? Yeah, the, these guys. Yeah, those are horrible. Those are awful. You yes. like them? No, oh no, I don't like them. Oh, I, oh, I, I, I think you oversold it a little bit with saying that they're horrible. They're, they are they're horrible. They're not great. They're definitely they kind of. It looks like a giant tongue depressor going up the middle of them, right behind the W. Yeah, like I said, horrible. Like, as as well as Puma did on the city kits this year, they were real bad with Crystal they definitely, Palace. They definitely made sure to get the city kits right. Palace are like, eh, you know, well, if you guys stay up, maybe we'll give you a good one. Hey, we got year. some extra stock in the warehouse. Yeah, we got some extra stock in the warehouse. What do you guys want? What do you guys want? We've got black no, blue, I, and white. Can we get any change yeah, in, I don't, in, I don't in, like the, in the center one? No, it's red on all three of them. 
It's right on all three. I wonder, like, how much... I mean, I know a little bit, but I wonder how much, like, design process actually goes into that from, like, excuse me, the club. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, you would feel like some of the kits they put out, the club has just no idea. Like, Arsenal's away kit, which looks like a, you know, shirt Dexter would have used on that show. Like, it looks like um, just red blood all over it. It's supposed to be like marble. But, I, I mean, I don't understand that. Because it's, cause it's like city, man cities. Yes, I talk about city a lot. Sorry, one podcast listener. But city, you know, they had the mosaics at, kind of as the inspiration for their home kit. Mosaics all around Manchester. You know, City of Dedicated Fields to, you know, Joe Hart, David Silva, Vincent Company, and made mosaics for them. The Away Kit kind of represents the, there's a bridge over there, or kind of the waterways, I guess, which, you know, the Away Kit's brilliant. Third Kit, I personally like. I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, um, but it also takes inspiration from Manchester's music culture. And it's like, why do we not see more of that from other clubs? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, more integrated to there. There's sometimes where there are good throwbacks and stuff uh, to to like older kits, but you're talking about integrating the the actual location a little bit better, or even just like some, you know, more design. I feel like Manchester United always just has a plain red Adidas kit mm-hmm. with a giant Chevrolet logo. That's it. Like, and their home kit's done. Right. Yeah, with that and big, I feel like big it's, old Chevy on it. Yeah, I hate their... I mean, the Chevrolet logo ruins that kit for me. I it mean, really, it really, I mean, it's, it's a disgusting it's, kit. Listen, I'm all for Chevy, but it is a little silly looking. I see, I see these... Uh, Arsenal aways. Yeah, marble. Okay, I could see the marble, but it does also look like blood streaks. Right. It looks like Dexter's cleaning up a shirt from... Oh, speaking of which, that's supposedly coming back. Dexter? Really? I'd never finished Yeah. Never finished I I got through... How many seasons? I think I actually finished it. I did finish it. I forced myself to finish it. Really? It's it's a disappointing ending, because it it just doesn't make any sense for the show. Right. Yeah, I remember that. So, being one of the uh, complaints. I'll be interested to see where they go with it. Uh, I know you've totally been watching baseball. I've been watching so much baseball; it's insane. Well, there's a game six tonight for the Braves and Dodgers, and there's a game seven. The Astros and Devil Rays. Mm-hmm. With so, uh, the Braves, one went away from taking it home. First World Series since 99. When they so won, right? So I'm hoping that's the Braves when, win. That's when my cousin was on the team. Yeah, like your second cousin. He, second cousin? Fine. He's my dad's cousin. Greg Maddox is my dad's cousin, okay? 
Hey, Greg, if you're listening, what's going on, buddy? Oh, yeah. Good. Good to hear from you. Greg, I'm, you, don't, you barely know that I exist, so cool. Thanks for listening. What if he's, like, your biggest fan? You just have no clue. Yeah, I'm sure he. I'm sure he spends a lot of time listening to my podcast in between his Texas Rangers pitching job, uh, what he does with them. Maybe he just does that, you know, while he's doing it, he's listening to your podcast. Oh, he listens to podcasts while he watches pitching prospects out in in uh, whatever they do out for that. There's always so many leagues. Although, there's, do you know anything about that shakeup that they had where, I mean, they canceled like the entire season from, for the third division and they got sued for it. I don't know. I think we're getting out of our depth here. Talking no, about they baseball. canceled all minor league games. Right. And, uh, but they also canceled like the contracts of the third leaguers or something like that. No, they canceled contracts for like anybody that wasn't, selected on like the they picked like a 40-man roster i think when they came back mm-hmm. and it was like their player pool so like you could have 40 guys with you obviously you can't dress all of them but it was like usually you'd have some of your top prospects just available for you so they get paid but it's like then everybody else in the entire system was like, yeah, you don't have a spot this year. Uh, your contract's not going to be, you know, upheld, and we'll see how it goes next year. Better luck Basically next what year. they were told. I mean, minor league baseball players, unless you're like triple-A, maybe a high double-A prospect, it's like, for the most part, you're really not getting paid much. No. I mean I mean some minor leaguers play like sixty games and make like ten K. Mm-hmm. That's like their job. It's like it doesn't seem like a lot. 10K? It does not seem like a lot. You know, I can tell you it's not a lot. I can say that definitively. But yeah, we'll see how baseball is next year. I think it's gonna be it'll be interesting to see how major league baseball and the Players Association handle like that that part of it with those prospects and cause I mean, I don't understand how it works. Like if you cancel the season and their contract, is every single player now a free agent in the minor leagues? There's gotta be something written in there where they stay attached. Hmm. But like that's an interesting question. I'm sure it's been answered by people much smarter than me. People who but, who actually know about baseball more than just a yeah, a, I mean a, a very cursory baseline knowledge. I still don't know what, a, a, what is it a, a ground rule double. I don't know what that means. It's just where it bounces over the wall. No, no, no. That's not a ground rule. Is that a ground rule double? Yeah, ground rule double uh, is if you no. Okay, what's the, it's like if it goes over that the one fence. I did, that, that one I do know. Well, I know that you if it bounces over the wall, you get a double. I know that. Uh, That's no, a ground rule a, double. That was a different one. It was a. There was one I heard, and I was a term that I knew that I've heard many times. I was like, I don't know what that means, and I don't feel like googling it. 
Is it infield fly? Because I don't understand. Yes, how infield that works. fly rule. What I don't know what that means. Like, why are some pop ups in infield fly and others aren't? Let's just let's, that you know, I don't let's understand. Let's just Google it. What's the infield fly rule? I hope it's just the most convoluted explanation you could ever look. So yeah, if it pops up in the infield, it's like, oh, thanks. The infield fly rule is a rule of baseball that treats certain fly balls as though caught before the ball is caught, even if the infield infielder fails to catch it or drops it on purpose. I so that cleared nothing up. No, it's so that it, it, it's so that because you know, uh, I don't know why you would do that though. The only time you drop the ball is if, like, a guy was jogging and the guy at first had a big lead, so you just get a quick double play. So the, the, umpire, the umpire's declaration of an infield fly means that the batter is out and all force-out plays are removed. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. That's I, like, I, you know, hit the base. Just typical. You know, typical stuff. We should probably quit talking about baseball because we don't know what we're talking about. We really don't. <laughs> we're, uh, we're a we're we're a baseball pod now. We're a baseball only, and we'll be like, "What's no. that rule mean? What it? What? I do know what a perfect game is, though. I know what that means. And a there's a no hitter and a perfect game. They are different, and perfect game is harder. I know that." Because a perfect game means you, you hey, didn't have. You're halfway to being an expert. I don't. You know what? I think a baseball fan would be offended to hear you say that. Eh, they'll get over it. Will they? Will they? Though baseball fans hold grudges. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go out on a limb there. And they, say, well, that is true. They. They it's, really it's an, un, hate, it's an unwritten uh, rule. Like Cubs it's fans a, hate that guy. It's an unwritten rule that they that they hold grudges. Uh, that's a that's a that's an inside joke for baseball because they have all these unwritten rules. Like you're not you have to make sure that you run a home run fast enough that it's not insulting, but don't sprint it so that it's insulting. You got to find that happy medium. Otherwise, they can hit you with a pitch. Happy, the next happy time medium. Um. Yeah, what was the guy's name? Uh, from the from yeah, Gee Bartman man. Bartman, yeah, the Bartman. That's a different thing. Yeah, I think that's the Simpsons you're looking for. There, it is the Simpsons. I know it's the Simpsons. Uh, <laughs> one sport that has already come back and finished is basketball. Ugh, thank goodness well. it's over. I'm sorry. Thank goodness. I, I hate LeBron won. I hate that. I really do. Well, you knew he was going to win. When Bam Adebayo got himself hurt, you're like, well, now they don't have a chance at all. They barely had a chance before the Heat, and now they don't have a chance. Uh, I, I just I, – it was like my worst fear coming into the bubble, that it was set up for LeBron James to win, and it came true. And he got his, and he got his finals MVP because he did almost average like a thirty point triple double over the course of the finals. Yeah, you know I hate to say it. No, I don't. I love to say it. LeBron James 
was the second best player on that team during the playoffs. I mean, Anthony Davis was the best player on the Lakers for the playoffs. Maybe not in the finals alone, but he was the best player who carried them most of the way because he's unguardable. I mean, you can't guard him. Yeah, he. I mean, he'll if 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 you try to hedge towards the basket, he'll just pull that mid range game and, and bury you all night long. And then if you try to hedge for the the that game, he'll just drive to the basket. I, I, and that's what makes it so tough to like LeBron, because you could say that about so many of his teammates in the past, where you're just like, oh yeah, Dwayne Wade was all right. Yeah, okay, Dwayne Wade's a Hall of Famer. You know, Chris Bosh, had he not gotten hurt, probably a Hall of Famer. He, I you think know, he AD, still might be a Hall of Famer. probably going to make it a long way. But, uh, Kyrie, I don't know. Hall of Famer. Mike Miller, total Hall of Famer. Uh, 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 Chris Anderson, Hall of Famer. No, come on now. Like, you know what I mean. Like, he at least has one or two guys on every team he's on. Yeah, but you can't win it alone. You can't Uh, win the thing alone. Yeah, but it's just the way he does it. You know, like, he moves to L.A., somehow makes it, like, somehow makes Kobe's death about him. I don't know if you saw that celebration. No, I did not. He was not. like, I did it for you, Kobe. It's like, did you, did you, though? Did you, though? And it was like, I don't know. It, I'm always cynical on those things because it's like, seems like when every athlete or, you know, musician dies, suddenly they've got millions of close friends that nobody knew they had. It's like, I don't know. It's just the ratings showed it was just horrible. It was like the least watched files since like I think it was like ninety five. I think something like that. At some at one point, it was like there was a seventy percent drop from like last year or something like that. It was an insane because nobody. None of that came through. That was all glitch. And it has it has nothing. Oh, great. No, you're but it, it's like Yeah. It, Go ahead. It, it, it just wasn't interesting. Like even even though it was the NBA finals, I it wasn't interesting. I think missing the crowd really did make a difference for for watching it. Yeah, I think it's that. I think it's that LeBron James is so polarizing as well. Where like you don't really have anybody that's like LeBron James. You know, I'm indifferent. I mean, and when you really com- like love him or hate him. And when it came to the finals, I, I think the problem was that there is there is no one really recognizable on the other side that people could latch onto, like to say, "Oh, it's you know, it, it's Steph v LeBron." Like that's. It's Steph versus LeBron is a thing. It's KD versus LeBron. That's a thing. But when it's just LeBron, you're like, well, I mean, he's going to win. I don't know anybody on the other team. 
Yeah, I do agree with that. That's that's a good point. I mean, it's, I mean, they tried their darndest to hold on to like Duncan Robinson, the random white guy, Tyler Hero. I do have. Okay, I've seen so many people say Tyler Hero is the best rookie. I'm like, no, he's not. He's like fifth or sixth best rookie at best. And it was like, you only loved him so much because, oh, the Heat won the easiest Eastern Conference in years. I mean, as soon as the Bucks, you know, went out, it was like, well, the East isn't going to win it this year. Sorry. Yeah. Like, the only team that had a shot really was Giannis. Yeah. And he's probably leaving next year. Probably going I wouldn't to, be surprised if they trade him. I wouldn't be surprised if they trade him. I, uh, yeah, it'll probably end up being one of those things where they just they offload him now so they don't lose him for nothing. Right. It's like I what mean, the Pacers did with, with PG, Paul George. We offloaded him and got a pretty good deal for it in the end. Um, Except Oladipo now like wants to leave. We'll see what happens. Even now, if he left, if he left right now, we still won that trade because I think that we were we were just as good after he left as we were before. So I mean, in that calculation, we did pretty well. And I guess you could say the Thunder were pretty good, but they're not. That we stayed better longer than they did. Well, I mean, really not that hard. Exactly. So that means we won the trade. <laughs> I, I just think... I think, like I said, my, my feelings on the NBA has remained the same and only been proven throughout my life. Of, It's really not entertaining until it's like you have that kind of old school Wild West showdown of Hey, it's Steph versus LeBron. Mm-hmm. You know, it's KD and LeBron. It's like you want to tune in because you're like, oh, we're going to watch two of the best battle it out. But then in college, which I'm a bigger fan of, it's like it's you just watch based. the schools. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's Duke I mean, apart versus from North a few Carolina. Teams, right. I you know, know, apart from a few teams in the past few years, it's really not all about an individual. And even in those cases, I mean, Zion's team at Duke was unbelievable. Like, I think they put in four first-round picks. So it's like, you still have that. So, I mean, for me, I I think the ratings, I don't have the official numbers, but I've just seen everywhere it's like just one of the worst years. And I think it does come into a couple factors. You hit the nail on the head with crowds. I mean, it is so exciting to have, you know, I'm not a Pacers fan, as you know, but whenever the Pacers used to play LeBron, when he was on the Heat or the Cavs, I mean, that was an event. I mean, they would sell out. They'd be booing people like crazy. I mean, those were fun environments. There we go. I had an ad playing an ad over me. Playing an ad over me. That's that's what I think of your commentary. Five point six million viewers. Finally, that's it. That was the that was in the final game of of the series. 
That's the lowest on record. 11.4 million people watched the Vikings play the Seahawks on Sunday Night Football at the same time. Wow. Yikes. Yeah, yikes. Uh, Let's see. The finals... the finals oh, right last year, or wrong? Mm-hmm. Or... Just for comparison, ahead, last year's finals were the Warriors versus the Raptors, and it drew 18.34. And, and for some reason, they throw Michael Jordan's win in here, where 36.9 million people watched him beat the Utah Jazz in 1998. It's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. Not as, lot, not, not as and... much competition for airtime, though. That's that's part of the thing. And this is not me getting political in any way. I'm saying for right, wrong, or indifferent, I think the – and I know people will be upset because you say, oh, well, this isn't about politics. I mean, it, it ultimately is. But it's like the way the NBA kind of took a stance and was very – unapologetic for it, you know, in any way mm-hmm. where they're like, maybe we jumped the gun on some, it was like any time, you know, someone was, you know, brought up in the news for any odd reason that involved the police. It was like the NBA was hardcore on it. And I think people kind of got sick of it. Cause I mean, why did people watch sports center in the beginning? And even up until, 2008 top 10 it's like yeah the sports center top 10 at the end of the hour and then you would maybe watch highlights you missed late at night or early in the morning mm-hmm. i mean it was all about sports and then it became you know what does espn's you know personal beliefs you know what is jamel maybe hill, staff, what does jamel hill think right and i mean then they had that 6 p.m sports center that I think Tr- Clay Travis sort of called woke center. Well, the, the, jo- like, the joke was that sports center had become woke center. And then they made an hour that was devoted to a specifically woke center on top of that, kind of proving the point. And in the same, in the same degree, I, I believe that the NBA has kind of admitted as much that, that they may have laid it on a little bit too thick for the general populace to enjoy their product because next year they've stated that they will not be doing the same sort of thing and that the politics will – I mean, they'll, the players are still allowed to speak their mind and everything, but the actual presentation is going to be more off the court than on the court. Right, and I think – for me, I have zero issue with people having their own personal beliefs. Zero issue with it. You know, so I, I welcome that. Huh? I said that's so brave of you to say. Thank you. Thank you. Like, I don't have any issue with that. It's it's when, like, companies and teams and, you know, things that are not human, they are just organizations and names, suddenly have these political stances. I mean, there are many reasons why, but it is one of the reasons why the WNBA is tanking because they literally made it political about voting someone out of office. One of the, the Atlanta, Atlanta Sky Zone. Yeah, yeah. Voting out... Uh, Not Chicago Sky, Atlanta Dream. Atlanta Dream voting out uh, Loeffler. Uh, she is the Republican senator from Georgia. Right. But the 
players on other teams were really upset that she did. She said, "Like I don't support the Black Lives Matter organization," but she did believe that you know obviously Black Lives Matter. But it's like they got so twisted and mangled by what they were trying to make it in the media that then it became, we need to vote her out. It's like, okay, that's where I kind of draw the line. Like, you know the impression you have on some people, and they'll go crazy. I mean, it's, you know, in a different arena. It's like Donald Trump, whatever he says, his supporters will take blindly. You know, and that goes for every political candidate. But it's like, when you were trying to, get what you personally want that's where i kind of have an issue because yes i i see all these comments online where they're like people just want athletes to be robots and not have opinions nobody said that nobody has said that what they what they say is don't bring it and make it intertwined with the game of basketball or you know your sport you can have your opinion use the press conferences nobody's upset with that but it's when you're calling everybody racist because they're like maybe i don't agree with the political stance like i agree with you on all these other things but just because i don't support joe biden and spoiler alert i don't really support trump i'm not a very political guy so it's like i just want to watch sports like like i'm not if i wanted to get political news i'd have three tvs going with all the news channels and that's fine like if people want to do that but it's it's not sports and it's i mean the second letter in espn stands for sports maybe the p stands for politics uh no i don't think that's right i think it's the elias sport production network is that right Entertainment sport production number? I have no idea. I have no idea. The second, I know the S the second one is S. Stands for sports. Stands for sports. But no, I... The NBA has kind of been heading towards that for a while. Anyway of Entertainment. Entertainment and sports programming network. There you go. Hey, I got, I got the letter right. 25%. We knew it was sports. I think the NBA had been kind of heading to that for a while anyway. You know, just with lower ratings. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, the Warriors didn't win this year, but we all kind of have this feeling they're probably going to win it next year. Yeah, because Steph will be healthy and back. Clay Thompson will be back. Clay Thompson will be. It'll probably be their last ride because I think one of their contracts is expiring soon. Um, and they're also getting older. Uh, but it was it was weird not having the Warriors there, and they're a very fun team. That part of part of the thing about the Warriors is that they're a fun team to watch, and LeBron's teams on a general basis are not as fun to watch, and that kind of reflects his role more as uh, he's very tactical in his mindset. He's not as exuberant as other players. Um, whereas the the Warriors are, are very exciting. They like to throw up three-pointers and, you know, uh, make crazy shots all the time. And th- th- that contrast of styles 
works for TV. Like, that is a very interesting game to watch. But when you've got... When you don't have that flashy side of things... And there wasn't really... Like, the Bucks were probably the closest we would get to a having a flashy finals. Because mm-hmm. I don't... I mean, I don't know who else would be able to fill that role. The Pacers aren't exciting, really. Like, we play basketball and we can win sometimes. But I mean, that's just Indiana's estate. It's, it's I mean, just, Yeah. Like, we we're play not basketball. flashy, but we'll get the job done we're gonna to try a to reasonable win. degree. We're going to do our best. We're probably better than average. But we're not going to wow you, really. Unless, yeah, well, yeah, not really. Unless, it's not really an unless there. Unfortunately, unless the Pacers win the lottery this year, which, you know, I, I'm going to grab a limb here because they're not in the lottery. Yeah, we can't win the lottery this year. <laughs> I was like, hold on, we made the playoffs. How can we be in the lottery? Exactly. It's going to say I'm going to go out on a limb and say they're not going to win it. Now, I'm going to go out I, on a they, limb and say that the Lakers aren't going to win the lottery this year. Just a hunch. Just a little whoa. hunch I've got. Well, let's I'm see how it plays out, because I think LeBron could figure something out. Now, he could figure something out with a trade, but, you know. I love I that know. we've all just kind of accepted at this point in our lives that LeBron James is the GM of whatever team he's on. And it's just he like, is. yeah, of course. He is, he is at, at, at least, he's at least co-GM or like he has to approve every move they make. Which basically makes him the GM. So, right. like, take your pick there. GM. He's the co-GM, but all he has to do is say, hey, I want this guy, and then sign it. And say, I want this guy, make it happen. Bow. And that's it. Hey, I want this guy, or I'm outsies. Like, you have a two-year contract. Like, I've gotten, I, I know I've worked on uh, opt-out at some point. He does have just... He That's only, the craziest part. We won't get into it crazy, but NBA contracts are just nuts. It's like, yeah, he's got a seven-year deal, but he's got three different opt-outs in there. It's yeah. like, what? And <laughs> so, yeah, if you want to opt out after six months, he can. Six months. Wow. That's a, that's a very that, – that is a high-profile player then if he can opt out after six months. Maybe he was on a short-term deal. Ten-day contract. Just – a ten day contract. That is if you know you can opt out after ten days. That's a it's that's your the shortest term opt out you have, and mostly it's on the team side. But uh, I think the we team can, opted out. The team opt out. I cannot think of a clever transition at this point, so we'll just move on. Here, here's yeah, smash go. cut to Hunter. You've been hey. playing FIFA 21 recently. I have. It's currently on my screen right now. Oh, back there. Look at that purple. Yeah, now, you, it's a nice... In the last nice episode, purple. you gave us a little bit of a primer into it, and you said, you know, it's not it's not bad. It's got some things back that you like. It's got some stuff that you don't like. I hear you have an update for us. I do. I have, I have an update. Um... It is just every time I get ready to talk about this game, I, I I just like well I stutter and stumble, but it's a good game. But it just feels like they tried to oversell such minor updates. Like I mean, so many of these updates would have just been 
you know, had they dropped it in like a winter update or a DLC, people would be like, oh, this literally changes nothing. Yes, you can do like loan to buy options, but they were telling us like there's so many more ways to do transfer, so many more ways to do these things. And there's not. It's basically FIFA 15's transfer system, but in FIFA 21, the training is all right. I mean, they really emphasize, which I do, I do get this part. I don't really know how they did it because I'm not very tech savvy, but they, they've done a lot of, um, like, it is important for a youth player to play mm-hmm. if he wants to get better. So you can't just have a guy do training drills and then suddenly he's like an 88, 19 year old, you know, something insane. Mm-hmm. Um, they've kind of gone away from that, but since they can play now, they're, they're, it just feels to me like, yes, you have the ability to loan out these guys or play them yourselves. And there's not as huge of a difference as it's been in FIFA 20 or whatever. So I'll give them that credit of, you know, like if you put like a 65 year old, 17 year old in a game in FIFA 20, I mean, he's going to stick out like a sore thumb, Mm -hmm. you know, like he's not going to control the ball. He's not quick on this one. It's like, Hey, he's pretty quick or he does these things well, but he's not like a game breaker, but he doesn't break your squad, which I do appreciate a lot more. Um, I I think some of their, like they have something called a match fitness thing now or where it's like, or sharpness, match sharpness in career mode, Mm -hmm. where it's like, if a guy is playing a good bit now, you know, he'll be up there in the green, which was like 80 plus or whatever of sharpness. And if you sit him out for like three or four games, he's going to go down to like a 20. Uh, I haven't really seen a lot of, actual differences there mm-hmm. you know other than just kind of saying they're sharp um maybe i'm just that good at the game you know could be that that's probably but that's probably it i mean if we're making sense that's probably it but overall like i played a little bit of fifa ultimate team and it's not my favorite i know a lot of people love ultimate team as mm. like the go-to selling point but i mean that's just turned into microtransactions on microtransactions like, over the years those, gotta buy those packs where, right like you cannot reasonably be good online unless you spend money or spend countless hours a day playing so for for me it's like i i don't enjoy that because i'm not gonna go spend money on fifa points Mm-hmm. Um, Spend enough money on the game, right? I, I mean, that's part of the reason it is so upsetting that FIFA, well, EA, you know, is famous for microtransactions. Famous. They love microtransactions. For microtransactions ruined Battlefront like, Two just, with that. Battlefront, right? Yeah, it was Battlefront Two. Yeah, I always, but I it, always think I'm confusing Battlefield and Battlefront, but I didn't. So. You didn't. You actually nailed it on the head. I did. 
I've said that phrase like three times today, and I haven't used that in daily vocabulary in years. Wow. I'm getting old. You're I'm getting using old. I'm 26. Uh, but overall, it, I'll, I'll wrap it up a little bit, and then we can get into... You have a video game review, don't you? Yeah, mine will be quick. I'll do mine. And, my, and then I have an Avengers one. That yes, I guess can be you mine. played the Avengers d- demo. No, it's a game. Full game. Oh, the full game. Oh, so you yeah, it's out. I, I, I'd seen the demo come through. I thought you were referencing that, but you actually have played the game. Mm. I played the game. Mm. I know FIFA 21 is... I mean, yes, it is a better game than FIFA 20. But it is not like the return to form people mm-hmm. wanted. So... And it just, I mean, maybe I'm just so naive. Like, I don't feel like it'd be that hard to add the changes that people want. Like, I I see one every year that I would love, but, I mean, you just can't reasonably do, unless you kind of stole straight from 2K. It's like being able to edit your jerseys, you know, after the first year. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they were able to get, like, Puma, Nike, Umbro, under armor like on board maybe they could do like a real life thing where after so many years your club can sign for that you know kit sponsor but realistically never gonna happen because ea is like well we got ultimate team it's all people play but the the main thing i've said i've wanted for so many years it doesn't seem that hard just be at a youth league in whatever league you're in, like, why can't the Premier League have a youth league attached where only your youth academy guys can play? Like, why can't that be a thing? Like, it used to be a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, in FIFA 8 or 9, maybe even 10. It's like, now it's like, well, you know, maybe someday we'll get to it. It's like, the graphics aren't really any different. I mean, we're basically at the max a PS4 can do. Right. I mean, it's like the way 2K basketball every year tries to represent itself. They just add a little more sweat beads on a guy. And they're like, look at these graphics. And we're like, great. Cool. So, will I continue to play FIFA 21? Yes. Will I enjoy every moment? No. I I would say it's a solid six and a half out of ten. Six and a half out of ten, huh? It's good enough that, you know, it's something you can pick up on your board and just kind of play, you know, leisurely. Mm -hmm. But it's also just like, there's no, like, there's no meat on these bones. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, it needs to be, a lot better. Like I remember the last few years they had the journey or whatever. Mm-hmm. Where you could be that guy, Alex Hunter. Everyone kind of thought it was leading towards like a more in depth player career, mm-hmm. you know, where you could make your own guy and go through similar things. And then it's just, no, we're, we're done with that. It's like, well, then what was the point? You added a story mode that had no one won it. So it's just, it is disappointing, 
but I don't regret the purchase. Hence, the slightly above average score of a five at six and a half. Would not regret buying such an endorsement. Such would, an endorsement. Would not regret buying. Would not ask you to buy it. There's my explanation. Segway into your review. Segue into my review. Star swipe. Oh, we got a star swipe. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll hit mine real quick. Uh, it's... I Listen, so the big difference between me and Hunter is that he's a console guy and I'm a PC guy. That's the big difference. So my my little game is I don't know, it's called The Witness. I don't do you like puzzle games at all, Hunter? Uh no, puzzles make me upset. Right. So this you would absolutely hate this game because it is entirely a puzzle game. There is there is nothing beyond that. Well, there's there's like some philosophical debate to it, but other than that, is a puzzle game. It's The Witness by Thecla Incorporated. They developed and published. It. Whoa! Now that you added Incorporated, I know exactly mm. who they are. Yes, Thecla. yeah, you cleared that up for they me. They have like two. They have. It is. Uh, it is a very interesting game, up until the very end. I the the ending of this game makes me. It really ruined a lot of it for me. And much like Haunting of Hill House. It was pretty pretty bad. Uh, it is it's it's a very simple uh, maze type game. Each each individual section of the game is is based on on sort of getting from start to end in a in a puzzle. Uh, but it's open world in a way where there's like sections where each section, when you start it, introduces a, a variation on the rules of the puzzle. So at the beginning, it's just, you know, here's your start, here's your end, get there. That's how you start in the first place. And you go through the whole thing and, and you know, you get to like, well, now there's dots in the in the path. So you have to get through the dots. And, and it's all based on this grid pattern puzzle. Um, one of the most interesting things about the game itself is its art style. It's very storybook um, almost uh, watercolor type type texture. It's it's uh, got a very distinct art style that is is quite visually appealing, um, and the soundtrack is also quite good to it. It's very soothing and relaxing. But you walk over this island. Um, you're the only person there, and it's kind of just surrounded by puzzles that are housed on these little square light up boards uh, that kind of are. In some places, organically integrated with the landscape and, and architecture. In other places, it's you know they're just kind of they're just kind of show up there. Uh, but there's there's such a wide variation based off of this this simple puzzle pattern that is it's a very gratifying feeling um, being able to it, it, the progression of the difficulty is is something that is I think very well accomplished. So it's like they'll introduce the concept and it will be. You'll be like, oh, okay, this is a simple concept, and then they'll, you know, put a little, put a little uh, uh, twist on it, and then they'll combine it with one of your previous concepts. And so now you've got, you know, now there's you have to collect all the dots, and everything is mirrored on the other side. So you have two lines going at the same time. Uh, it, it's a very interesting game up until the very end, where uh, unless you have literally one hundred percented the game, you don't get the true ending. 
and there are hidden puzzles like in the sky in the landscape you have to be looking from the right angle to get your path lined up to get from start to end so and and it doesn't state that that there's a a gift for getting 100% so it's it is uh up until the very end i very much enjoyed the game and there are some some elements where they throw in some some clips of, of philosophical speakers, like actual video clips in the game played on a projector on the wall. And some of them are... I don't care for the philosophical undergirdings of their d- arguments. So it, it, it kind of makes you feel like the whole point of the game is that you're playing a game and you're solving puzzles, but the puzzles themselves are pointless. So why are you playing the game? That's kind of how it feels at the very end of it, (laughs) which is not exactly a feeling that you're looking for when you're playing a puzzle game. Like, yeah, I solved the puzzle. Let's go on to the next one. At the end, it's like, oh, why were you even solving puzzles, dork? Is kind of how it feels when you get to the end. And that's not exactly a feeling that that I think a lot of people are looking to come away with from a gaming experience. Otherwise, if you took out that last 30 seconds of an ending, I, this game would be in mid to high 80s, maybe even up in the 90s, because the, the puzzle portion of it is is so well drafted and, and brought to fruition. Um, and the, the world itself is very interesting. It's just a little island, but it's all, there's self-contained sections of it that, that are thematic and uh, each introduce their own concept. I've kind of already covered that portion, but it is a very well-crafted miniature type game that is, you know, probably depending on how hard you hit the puzzles, maybe 20 hours long or so, depending on how quick you are. But it's, it's so well-crafted, but then when you hit the ending, it drops down and, it's so ungratifying that I think it probably drops down to high, high, probably 79. Probably 79 is where I would end up rating it just due to the, the ending kind of slapping you in the face, I feel like. If you don't 100% it, which is really unreasonable without a walkthrough. <laughs> you know, I, that's, yeah, I would hate that game. I would hate that game so much. Mm-hmm. Because my least favorite part of I finally got around to playing Batman Arkham Knight, which is a fantastic. Arkham Knight, I, I, my I have... least favorite part of it is mm-hmm. Riddler. Right. I hate Riddler. And there's so many riddles and trophies you have to get. And I'm just like, dude, I'm not smart. I'm not smart. So I'm just not going to 100% it. That's fine by me. And but yeah. I, I do hate when games do that, where it's like, Hey, you got to beat literally everything to get the true ending. It's like, do I give up my social life? Well, no, that's that's fine. Having a like a a different ending for one hundred percent is fine. It's just at least make your regular ending not totally disheartening and feel like you regret playing the game. That's not. That's not a hard threshold to cross. And and this game did not cross it. That that's the real issue there for me. If they had, yeah, I, I'll leave it there. It's, they, they the ending kind of ruined the game. Up until then, it was a fantastic game. 
feel like that's kind of based with a lot of video games these days of the concept, you know, of what if we did this and, you know, these puzzles get you so far, whatever. And then it's like, oh, how do we end this? Feels like that's a common trend now that nobody really knows how to end games anymore. You know, it's like, there's so many good ideas, but it's like, yeah, but how do we make that actually work? You know, how do we get it to end well the way we want? Which, which I think that there has to be a distinction between games that are meant to just be well-executed games and then story-based games. Because story-based games, I think, is where you're really hitting the endpoint where they integrate all these cool concepts into one story-based game, but then they can't follow through with the story. And then there's games that are like, this is a, this is literally just, you know, an arcade-style Pac-Man. Pac-Man doesn't have a story to it. Like you just, you just play Pac-Man, and and it's and it's done. And yes, there's a story to Pac-Man. I understand that, but. But do you see what I'm saying here? Yeah, absolutely. I think you cleared up the point I was trying to make. Uh, it, it is, there's just so many story-based games. And I mean, I feel like that's why we see so many really cool idea video games just get scrapped. Because they're like, it's a great idea, but how do we make that work? How do we end this story? without making it just kind of like a, you know, pick up and play, like Pac-Man or, or games like that, where it is basically just an arcade game. A, a, a good example of this is another game that I've played, I, I think, uh, The Long Dark. It's I believe that's a PC-only game, but it's a... It's a, it's a I watched you play some of that. It's a survival-based game. I bought it when it was in early access, and it was it was only the survival portion. And I thought that that game was fantastic as it was. And then they got to a point where they were they were out of early access and started rolling out the actual game itself. And they added a story portion to it. And that has never interested me about that game. So it, that is one where they started off with the concept of the game being the game. So it's, it is a survival game. It's got a very – it's based in Canada – I, I, the survival portion of it was was very well handled, and it felt like it was hard but doable, and you could feel yourself getting better at the game, which is mm. always a very gratifying feeling when you can when you can feel the learning curve, and it is gratifying. That is it, where you can feel it, and you can tell that you are meeting the expectations of the learning curve. That is something that is gratifying, where you can see the increase in difficulty and yourself exceeding that increase. That's something that's very nice. And it is a tough thing to do. Um, it, I don't know if this plays into it, your review at all, and I don't know, if, actually, if we have time to do it. We're well over an hour at this point, so we may have to put off your Avengers review for another day. Uh, Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Maybe the next episode will just be all video game reviews. Cause hey, I'll start playing. Because we well, – yeah, maybe it will just be all reviews because we're going to do – so I think at this point we're kind of wrapping up our discussion here. Uh, did you have anything to say uh, about what we were referencing there? No. There's, uh, that was a very interesting head shake of – like it did not look comfortable for you. <laughs> 
Maybe it was the the way it went through the camera. Uh, oh, yeah, I great. Think, <laughs> I think that... No, it, I have nothing to add. I, I completely agree with what you're saying on all that. And it's just kind of the pitfalls of modern gaming where where you have to make a choice early on in development whether you're going to try to execute one thing well or execute a game where you can do a lot of stuff. And that's that's a tough choice because you're going to shoehorn yourself either way. And you know, mm. that's that's why there are a lot of bad games out there. <laughs> it's, it's kind of right. long and short of it. That's why there's games that nobody buys because they're like, well, it's kind of like a half-hearted attempt at this plus this, you know? It's it's uh, it's Call of Duty plus uh, uh, I don't know game B. Not a good example. Good example. Good example. Great example. Good example right there. I mean, the thing I'll kind of say with that is, I think as consumers of these games as well, we're very bad at hyping up certain things. And the example I always use is No Man's no Sky. Man's Sky. Yeah. Where No Man's Sky was, I mean, they told us straight up, it's basically just space exploration. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yes. not this. But people started saying, oh, we're going to like battle in the sky. We're going to do all mm-hmm. these things. Mm-hmm. And I mean, now it is that. It is that, yeah. But it's like in the beginning, it was a completely different game. Yeah, and where it, everything was kind of randomly generated, ever expanding. Yes, that is that is a perfect example. Actually, that is a perfect example. Their original concept for their game, because I was very I was very interested in it and watched it like through development, was exactly what you said. It was it was like this game is enormous. It's procedurally generated planets, and you'll be able to explore these huge planets, mine, find resources, and things like that. I'm like, oh, okay, so this is a an enormous game with a lot of varied places that's mostly empty space, kind of like the real universe. It's mostly empty space. But Mm -hmm. then when they start, I'm going to guess they start partnering with like, uh, with like maybe an ad agency or something to help pressure the game. And they started getting a very much like, this is an RPG where you're going to go in and it's, it's, it's like an endless space version of, of, uh, 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 Oh, what's the game? Mass effect. It's like an enormous mm. version of Mass Effect is what it felt like they were trying to push in some of those later videos. I'm like, this is not the game that they're coming out with. And I, I know this because I followed them. But these other people, they don't know that. They think this is going to be a triple A AAA game where it's, it's huge and you can make all these decisions and you're going to see your own character. I'm like, this is an indie game, guys. They've made one other game and it's a 2D platformer. <laughs> you don't like you know, that's a, that's a big jump to make. So, yeah, as you said, I th- I think that in the original iteration, it was a an idea for a game well executed, but it was oversold. Now, uh, they have come back around and actually fulfilled those expectations, from what I can see, in just the general reception of their continual evolution of the game No Man's Sky. I would have I would have uh, uh, suggested it then. And I will suggest it now. I will, I will promote that game. I haven't played it in a while, I will say, so I'm not sure how the new updates are. Uh, but we will uh, call it there. That was a very good last point to leave us on. Uh, we'll be back next week. Hang yourself on the back, why don't you? I, was, I said to you, that was a very good point to end on. <laughs> I'm just, I know what you mean. It just sounded like you were like, that was a great point to that end on. That was a great Thank point you. to end on. Good job, Hunter, Good job. Good job. Teamwork. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, we're gonna. We're, I think we can call it there. We'll be back next week. Uh, Pokemon comes out next week. That's our big thing. Uh, I'm I'm actually very excited. Five we, days away. We're going to come out with it late next week, so we'll give like a first impressions thing on Thursday, probably Friday or Saturday. Probably Friday because it comes out Thursday. Comes out Thursday, so it's not going to be Thursday night because we'll have played it like maybe three hours so far. Um, but that'll be a kind of a first impression sort of review. I guess we're slotted to do your Avengers review. Maybe we'll finally be able to get that in. This this long-awaited we'll Avengers review. If time permits. Time permitting. And then Haunting of uh, Bly House, you'll have finished it by then. We'll, we'll cover that. And we'll see what sports happen. Maybe we'll have the World we Series We will set. see what sports happen. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, thanks for listening to Meet Me in the Middle. You can blah, 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 blah. We have a website. It's meetmeinthemiddle.co. You can go there. We occasionally post articles. Uh, that's where we host our website. It's there. It's there. Podcast, I should say. Uh, Check it out. Follow us on the socials at meet me underscore middle on Twitter. We don't do anything on there. I I think I forgot to tweet out our last uh, link, actually. No, I did. I did do that. I did do that. You did. You Um, did. I did do that. Uh, And I think we're even on Instagram, but I haven't posted there in a while. That's more for when we're covering live events like the soccer matches we did uh i sorry i did because you were had no you had no acl at the time um, I, I helped us get approved you did it was your it was your, would, it was your background that helped us get pr- approved um, but you still went it was good it was a good time it was very you know it kind of kind of uh overwhelming a little bit it was like Really cool being there and being able to do that for the U.S. men's national team. Uh, anyways, that's all we got for today. So, uh, uh, oh, oh, shoot. You had such a good sign-off last time. And oh, I no. Can, I cannot remember what it is at all. Oh, man. Well. Hey, me neither. So. <laughs> we'll, we'll see you later. Hey, you have a good one. All right. Bye. Not you, the listeners. So you.